read from John 3, verse 16, 3, 4, 3, 14 through 18. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life, life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will never perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Thanks, Matthew. So would you guys agree that perhaps John 3.16 is one of the most popular verses in Scripture? Do I see some nods? Good stuff. Still listening. It's popular because many Sunday schools will have their students memorize it. Sports figures will sometimes display the John 3.16 verse on their forehead or even on their, their cheeks. And fans at sports games will sometimes have posters of John 3.16. Other people may even have it perhaps tattooed on their bodies in places. I guess there could be worse tattoos. Let me share a story with you guys about John 3.16 and about God's love and the amazing changes that God makes in the lives of his people. 1995, Mr. Kambarami, that was his name, and he was a director of the Bible Society of Zimbabwe, Africa. So he traveled to this African village in order to distribute copies of the New Testament. And as he was there, he met a drunk man. And this drunk man was there, and he refused to receive the copy of the New Testament. And Mr. Kambarami, he asked them, why would you refuse it? And this guy replied, well, I don't want to be polluted by the Bible. And of course, he's polluted by booze. But he said he didn't want to be polluted by the Bible. Kambarami said, I'm going to still give you this New Testament Bible anyways. And he gave it. And the drunk man said, if you give it to me, all I'm going to do with it is I'm going to rip out those nice thin pages and I'm going to roll the pages and use them to make cigarettes. So Kambarami replied, I understand that. But at least promise, he said, to read each page before you smoke it. The man agreed. So the man agreed, and so the New Testament was given to him, and he took it. Two years later, Kambarami went back to the same village, and he was speaking at a tent meeting. They didn't have churches like this, but they had tents. And he was telling the crowds of people how the Bible and how Jesus can change lives. The same man who received the New Testament was there. But Kambarami didn't notice this guy. And before the closing of the service, this man stood up and he said, please, just let me say a few words if you don't mind. Mr. Kamarami, he said, doesn't remember me because the last time we saw each other, I was drunk. But he came to our village and he persuaded me to take the Bible. And I told him that I was going to use it to roll cigarettes. But I promised that I would read each page before doing so. And so I did. And so I smoked my way through Matthew. I smoked the whole of Mark too. 
And then I smoked Luke. And I started smoking John. But when I came to John 3.16, I saw the light. And I'm a believer. And I'm a follower of Jesus. You see, that's the power of the gospel. That is the power of Jesus. So here we have this passage this morning of John 3. And Jesus, in this story, which we didn't read the beginning part of it, but we, in this story, Jesus is talking with Nicodemus. And he's talking to Nicodemus about what it means to be a believer. Now, Nicodemus was this Jew. And, and the Jews, they knew their Old Testament. Keep in mind, they didn't have the New Testament yet. It wasn't written yet. So they only had the Old Testament. And so Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he's talking about this Old Testament passage from Numbers 21. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And Nicodemus is probably thinking, like, what's going on here? So we're going to go back to this Old Testament snake story, where the Israelites were wandering in the desert after leaving their slavery in Egypt. And God's been taking care of the Israelites. But they were again complaining in the desert. And so they were punished this time with poisonous snakes. So Eli, I invite you forward at this time. And you're gonna, he's going to read from Numbers 21 to 49. The Israelites wandering in the desert traveled from Mount Or along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. And the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. And the people came to Moses and said, We sinned against we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. When anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Thanks, Eli. Now, we said that John 3, verse 16 was popular. Probably Numbers 21. Maybe some of us know that story. It's not as popular. And it's often looked at as kind of a strange story. Well, typically in the Bible, a snake represents sin. And so we have this bronze pole or bronze snake on the pole, and it represented sin. And people needed to acknowledge their sins in order for their need to be saved. The point of this snake story is to say that there's death, and death is a result of sin, and that sin has terrible consequences. The snakes, like sin, are poisonous. The snakes, like sin, can lead to death. But if people acknowledged that they had sinned, and they believed what Moses said to look towards that snake on the pole, then the poisonous snakes won't kill them. And instead, they'll be saved. They will live. Now, there was no power in this pole. The power is in God. 
And these people, where they were not worshiping the bronze snake on the pole, they, they were to look at this snake, and their attention was to be appointed to God, who is their Father and Savior. And they were to be obedient to God's will, as, as strange as it might sound, to look towards this pole. Scripture is clear many times that there is bad news in this world. That this world and everything in it is sinful. Scripture is clear that I am a sinner and each of you guys, each of us here are sinners. But Scripture is also clear that once we realize this bad news in this world, there's even better news. Because there's good news. There's freedom from our sins. And so today, we don't have a bronze snake on a pole. We have an empty cross. We have an empty cross here. And just, just like looking into the snake is strange to us, to some, looking to a cross might be a strange story. So don't assume that, yes, we know to look to a cross, but don't assume that looking to the cross is normal. So we have an empty cross. And we're to look at the cross. And when we look at the cross, our attention is to be pointed to Jesus. Our life is to be lived for Jesus. We sang that cadet hymn this morning. Now, we don't worship the cross. The cross is not some good luck charm. The cross itself doesn't save us. Jesus and his one and only act on that cross saves us. And when we look to the cross, we are reminded that Jesus saves. And that if we are truly looking at the cross, not only with our eyes, but also with our hearts and our faith, our childlike faith, we are saved by Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus that he has removed all our sins. Believe in Jesus that he has taken that bad news, that terrible news, and he's turned it around for his people. He's turned it into good news. John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world. God loves the world. That means that God loves his people. That means that God loves sinners. God loves those who do not love him. God loves the Christians. He loves the Muslims. He loves the Jews. He loves atheists. God loves murderers. He loves thieves and gossipers and tax cheaters and people who love money more than him. God loves politicians and farmers and professionals and prostitutes and drug dealers. God loves single people. He loves married people. God loves people. God loves sinners. Now, how much does God love us? He loves us more than just giving his word to us, the Bible. Because he gave us the word made flesh. He gave his one and only son. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Sin entered into this world. And God initiated a plan to save his people. And he sent his one and only son to this world to save us from our sins. He gave his one and only son. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have trouble giving things up. Even like when the food bank, and they have an offering, and, and they collect food, 
I'll often go into the kitchen cupboard and see what we're able to share. And I go into our cupboard thinking, you know, I'm doing such a good thing here. I'm donating food to the food bank, helping others who don't have as much as I do and we do. But I want to be honest here because I'll often look in my cupboard and see what extra stuff do I have. Oh, I have three packages of spaghetti. No problem, I'll give up one, and I might even give up two. Or I have 24 cans of tomato soup. Don't judge me, it was a sale. I have 24 cans of tomato soup, and I might give up four, maybe even eight. We give up our excess. Oh, my vacation is paid for already, so, so maybe I can give a little more this year. We have to ask ourselves, what do we do with our time and with our money? Is it that we only give up our ac- excess? I have a few hours to spare maybe, and, and I'm going to just give a f- help out the church a little bit. Or I have some extra money in my bank account, so maybe, oh, at the end of the year, I'll wait till the end of the year, I'll give a portion. As God's people, we're good at giving from our excess. We're good at giving some, but not all. Our God gave all. He gave his one and only son. Now, giving up a child, it's nothing like giving food to a food bank or money to the church. God gave his one and only son And he did it for you and you and you and you. Now God doing what he did, there should be no doubt in anybody's mind about God's strong and amazing love for his people, for his his people, for sinners. No conditions. John 3 verse 16 is powerful good news of what God has done for us. It is about God's love for his people. And then he challenges his people to believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Salvation is all on account of God's grace through Jesus Christ. Respond to God's grace through faith in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Follow Jesus openly, sharing with others what God has done and continues to do in each of you. Our salvation completely and solely depends on Jesus Christ. We have to believe in him. If someone chooses not to believe in Jesus... That someone is saying that they don't need a savior. If it was an Israelite in the Old Testament story, they're not looking at the snake at the pole. So they're going to be bitten. They're going to die because they think they don't need to look at the pole. They can do it on their own, but they can't. Others might say, we don't need to look at the cross. We don't need Jesus Christ. They'll be bitten. They'll be poisoned by sin. And that person is saying, well, I don't need Christ. I don't need the cross. I can take care of myself. I can take care of my own sins. I'm doing pretty good. I don't need to be saved by Jesus. Boys, people, our sins are so great that it is impossible for us to save ourselves. 
by nature we're just going to keep on sinning and going deeper and deeper into darkness becoming more and more poisoned now this winter we had a lot of storm warnings and I imagine that some of you had a snow day or two or three or four or eight (laughs) fifteen great some of the storms turned out to be not that bad though they turned out to be duds but if we're given a storm warning that a storm is coming and even if it could look sunny and clear when that warning is issued you can choose to not believe the warning and you can go out and then the storm comes and you will reap the consequences or you can choose to believe the warning and you can be prepared and be blessed by the consequences. We live in a world that we are warned of the storm of sin and there are consequences. And Jesus loves you and he gives us promises to you. He says we need to listen and believe in Jesus. For those who are sports-minded, you, you maybe want to, sometimes you train and you're going to listen to your coach. And you believe and trust what your coach is telling you. Because he knows, your coach knows what's best for you guys. He knows better than you do. But you can have a coach and you can choose to not trust your coach. You can choose to not listen to your coach. And you're going to just train your own way. And you will suffer the consequences. You will not win a gold. And in sports, a second is as good as a complete loss. God says you can choose not to believe. But you're not going to win the race. In fact, other than a total win... When it comes to not believing, everything is a loss. And Scripture calls that eternal damnation. And God gives us the training. He gives us the training to win the race. He gives us the training to believe and have eternal life. So we need to believe in Jesus. Believe that God loves you so much He loves each one of you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. And that means that we're to acknowledge that we are sinners. We need to acknowledge that we are in need of rescuing. And because of that, we will turn our lives around and live for Jesus. God's love is a free gift. It's a free gift, but it did cost a lot. Because God's love sent a man to the cross. But God's love says that you guys are so valuable that a life was given in place of yours. So God's love involves our response to believe and to share this amazing, this good news with others. You see, part of believing is sharing. Romans 10, it's a passage that states how, that, that how can people believe if we don't share the good news with them? We're to share the good news. You know, if I was at Canadian Tire and I saw this wrench set on sale, and I, I would see that the wrench set is regularly priced for $129.99, 
and it happens to be on sale now for over 75% off, and so it's being sold for $29.99, I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to be excited for the price. And I'm going to share this great deal with my family and probably with many of you guys because I love deals. I think most of us do. So sharing is what we do when we have exciting news. A newborn baby, an engagement, a 50th anniversary. We share. Facebook has a share feature because Facebook knows we love to share. If Facebook knows it, do we? God gave his one and only son so that you will believe and be saved and have eternal life. And we share this good news because God loves us and we love him. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm suspecting that none of you are a believer because you smoked your way through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but I'm going to bet that somebody shared the good news of Jesus with you. Maybe it was a family member, a parent, a sibling, a friend, a cadet leader, another cadet, a Sunday school teacher, a pastor, but somebody shared it with you. And that's the theme of your cadet year. And the gems have the same theme this year. We're blessed to be a blessing. For God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that he blessed you, each of you, each of us, with his only son. And so you can bless others with that great news as well. When you see the empty cross, remember God's love for you and what that means for you and how we can share that love and that good news with others. God loves the world. He loves you so much that he gave his one and only son so you are saved. Believe in Jesus and share that good news with others. Amen. Let's pray. Holy, powerful, awesome, and loving God, we thank you that you call us, your people, sinners, into a relationship with you. We thank you that you love us so much that you desire to restore us and bring us to you. We thank you for your one and only Son. We thank you for Jesus, for forgiveness of sins. We thank you for eternal life. And Lord, work in each of us through your Holy Spirit to believe. And if there's someone here today who has not entered into a relationship with you, I pray for them. I pray that you will move them into a position of believing and into a relationship with you. For those who are in a relationship, work in each of your people and grow the relationship. Deepen our faith and use us to share the good news with others. Hear our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.